Hey, John Weaver of The Culture Classroom. Just want to thank you for being a loyal listener of the podcast. And I'm uh, going to put a new spin on some things. So if you've listened for a long time, we've had frameworks of seasons. And right now we're going to jump into Wilt Journals. It is a all-access journal that Coach Tory is doing with his team in Denison, Iowa. These are fully customizable for you, about 10 to 15 minutes. And these Wilt Journals serve as a culture builder for your team. These cost you nothing. Those will be in the show notes. But once again, thank you for being a loyal listener. If you're a new listener, I want to thank you for tuning in for the first time to the Culture Classroom. We want to make this podcast grow, and viewer feedback and listener feedback is encouraged. So once again, stay tuned for this episode in the Wilt Journal titled Flip the Switch. Welcome to the Culture Classroom, a podcast for teachers and coaches by teachers and coaches. Listen to top leaders, innovators, and influencers share their stories about how intentional culture elevates performance. Now, here are your hosts, John Weaver and John Torrey. Let's get better together. And hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Culture Classroom. If you've uh, been wanting to know when we were going to release a new podcast, today's the day. So... Uh, we've been hot and heavy in football season, and for you that have followed us throughout the last five years, you know that football season is a grind for us. We are busy, 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 and uh, this Sunday we're off. Well, I'm off, uh, so we don't play this week. We just got through with a fantastic finish with the top school in 7A in Mississippi. One of the They're probably going to play for the state championship this year in public school and, and win it. So... Uh, Perfect timing for a bye week, which means it's a perfect time for a podcast to release on some things that have been going on inside Coach Tory's football program and with MRA football and uh, all those things. So I want to welcome everybody to the Culture Classroom. If you're a first-time listener, I uh, hope you enjoy and come back for more. If you're a repeat offender and you keep listening to us, um, we're glad to put out some new content. Yeah, make sure that you ask yourself why, first of all, right? And then uh, why you're back in the classroom with us. But yeah, up here in Iowa, you know, we just finished our non-district schedule. We're getting ready for district play. Um, and so it's a busy time. Now it all counts. You know, it's kind of like when the preseason ends, you still want to win, you want to be competitive. But now it's like every game counts moving forward for us Iowans. Um, and Coach Weaver calls it that we've been busy with football. I feel like I'm in the lab, right? Like I'm in the learning lab every day, the hundred yard classroom, like every day is an experiment. I never know how it's going to quite go. And uh, I've been running our team culture with other coaches on our staff this year, but been organizing it and creating themes and, and different things like that. And so some of the same ideas we've talked about for a long time, I'm actually using in more detail, more depth with our team and uh, want to take you guys our listeners on on this journey with us as well so we're going to raise the veil on monarch football a little bit at least as, as to what we do throughout the week and uh really excited about sharing what we do yeah we're, we're in the same boat we just finished non-district we have one more dis non-district game uh in two weeks after our bye week but we've been through a juggernaut uh, it's been a whirlwind so i called the first three games with herbert being out we go to pulaski the top team in arkansas and Lose with four seconds left and uh, on a 40-yard field goal. And I'll be darned if this past week we blocked a 40-yard field goal with 40 seconds, um, with four seconds, excuse me, on the clock to send it to overtime and uh, came out on the short end of the stick. Like you said, Tom Osborne 101, we're on the road. 
Uh, we got a chance for the win. We're going to go for two. And it's a game of inches, as you just alluded to when I showed you the play. I uh, just came up a little bit short. Um, so not really moral victories. Um, but playing a team of that caliber, they have 15 Division One athletes across the field. Their quarterback's going to A&M. Their two defensive linemen, one's going to Colorado. The other one has offers from Miami, Nebraska, Florida State, you name it. Uh, so it was a great test for our team. But what I want to share and why I'm glad we're doing this is I've taken a little bit uh, of what you're doing with the Wilt Journals and Inside Monarch Football and what, how it's directly applied to what we're doing. So our listeners, uh, I think you'll share these, I think, with people just to kind of get them a feel of how the Wilt Journals go. I mean, they've helped me, and you can put your own kind of spin on it. But for me, getting back in the classroom with you, culture is one of those hard things to wrap your mind around. And um, I think coaches, if you're not living it and you're not in it, it's tough. So it's not saying that it's easy for us, but it just comes a little bit more natural because we're not because we have a podcast called The Culture Classroom. It's just something that that comes natural to us on uh, the psyche of kids, the psyche of people and how it relates to everyday life. Well, it matters, right? I mean, let's be honest, like performance matters. And that's why you're watching Huddle right now. You're breaking down that play that cost the game. You know, and everyone can point to that play, and everyone will point to that game, uh, that play that mm -hmm. uh, turned the, the tide of the game. But really, I like Tom Coughlin's approach. And this is a little bit of culture, and I'm going to share this with our team this week as we look push to district play. But Tom Coughlin believes that there are five plays every game that determine the game five plays you never know when one play is going to happen you never know when the next play is going to happen that's the beauty of of these plays right but there are five plays that will ultimately determine the winner of every game in order to be on the winning edge you need to win three of those plays mm. so it doesn't necessarily matter if it's the beginning of the game the end of the game somewhere in the middle eight you know as uh, that is that philosophy is kind of gaining ground and it, and it has been popular in college and high school ball now for a little while but you got to win three of the five big plays that, that determine the outcome of a game. And so I would hit your team with that. You know, like I would go back and I would say, this is one of the five plays. Yeah, this is the one that everyone sees. And yeah, this is where all the marbles are on the table. But, you know, the other thing is here in Nebraska, since 1983, we've been saying real man go for two. Yeah. And so huge shout out to uh, Tom Osborne on that one, you know, being the OG of going for two yeah. with the game on the line. So. Those of, you, those of you listeners of a certain age, you know, plus 40, uh, <laughs> you know, you might, you might remember that. Yeah. Well, let's, uh, let's dive straight into – I'm going to go into the one that it's not week one. I think it was like week seven or something like that that you shared with yeah. me. And it was one of those that I, I fell in love with. And it's very applicable to – student athletes, especially football, because of what all they have to put on, but I'm not gonna spoil it. I'm gonna let you introduce this one because right now it's one of my favorites because it's easy to identify. And I think coaches can, whether you're playing that tough opponent this Friday night or you have one coming down the road, uh, this is something that you can share with your team and, and kind of get buy-in of understanding what game mode is. So I'll let you take it away. 
Yeah, so a little bit of background on that just real quick. I didn't know I was going to um, facilitate our team culture until the season actually started and we were in it, right? And uh, our head coach came to me and he's like, you know, um, I'm going to give you nine days in camp and uh, preseason and then I'm going to give you Thursday. And so every Thursday is our culture day. You know, that's at, we break practice is a little easier and we do 15 10 to 15 minutes of culture before team meal. So 10 to 15 minutes a week is the time frame that this kind of stuff has been done. Right. And I'll just show you, this is what I call a Wilt journal, right? And Wilt stands for what I learned today. So I literally put a picture of Wilt Chamberlain on the front and it is the Wilt journal. That's all. Awesome. Okay. And, and I will share them. I will share that with anybody. And then I just change it from week to week. And generally there's a progression, right? Like we started with commitment. We progressed to game of inches. Uh, we progressed to giving great effort, you know, all the things that teams are going to need going into camp. But now that we're in season and we're midway through the season, it's like every week our team needs something a little bit different. Mm -hmm. So this was on the eve of our first game that I talked about what I call flip the switch. And you and I've done a podcast on Clark Kent Superman before, but it's that moment when Clark Kent goes into the phone booth and comes out as Superman. And uh, the night before a game, our first game, that's what I wanted our kids to experience. Like, I want them to say, whoever you are right now, so John Tory, John Weaver right now, you need to go whatever your phone booth looks like, and when you come out, you're a different person. You're the same person, but you have different characteristics, different persona. You are a superhero. And so I started out this one with a theme, um, a quote from Superman that just said, there's a superhero in all of us. We just need the courage to put on the cape. And I'm not a Superman fan. I'm not a comic book guy. But for whatever reason, that spoke to me. Like our kids need permission mm. to flip the switch and to put on a cape. Yeah. And, I and uh, what I love about Go ahead. I'm sorry. No, I just love the I love the imagery of of just having Superman because they can all identify with that, right? Of how how they're going to flip the switch and how you become Clark Kent to Superman. So it's just the picture you have on the journal, and we can put some stuff in the show notes to show people what that actually looks like. But go ahead. Yeah. No. And this is for for those of you watching at home. This is coming straight out of my journal. I journal every day. And so I just, I just put it in my journal. It's glued in. Like, it's literally what I give our team. Um, our kids write, write their name on it. I look at them every week. And then uh, our head coach looks at them every week. So I use this uh, to fuel my game day notes. I know we've talked about that for a long time. Uh, and I use it for the message that I give to the team throughout the Friday night, wherever we're playing. You know, whatever we talk about Thursday, I want to translate into Friday. And hopefully it's, it's a tool that helps them be successful. Yeah. And so I just started out by showing uh, four different examples of people that have, quote, flipped the switch, right? That are Clark Kent one moment and they turn into Superman. And the first one was Mike Tyson. And so I got a picture of Mike Tyson on there. And his alter ego is he's the baddest MFR on the planet, right? Like, that's it. And if you read anything about Tyson or know how dominant he was in the mid-1980s, um, he talks about how Customato, his trainer, just made him feel invincible leading into a fight. And uh, that was it. He's like, I was going to go in and I was going to fight and I was the baddest mother effer on this planet. No one was going to stop me. I'm going to take what I want. 
And so that was one switch. And I think about being a pro boxer too. Like, how do you put yourself in the ring? Like the hour before when you're getting dressed in the locker room and like, it's just you and your trainer and you know, you're in for, you know, I always think about Rocky three where he's like, Hey, any predictions for the fight? You know, Mr. T's like pain. Like, I just think like who puts themselves in the, in that situation where they go and get in a ring to get pummeled for the next, you know, 45 minutes to an hour to an hour plus or whatever mm-hmm. it is. Um, another example that I had is from Brian Dawkins. And of course, every Eagles fan out there knows Brian Dawkins is in the Hall of Fame, not necessarily as Brian Dawkins, but more as Weapon X. And so, you know, the backstory of, of Wolverine, how he'd come out before games and he'd do his little Wolverine crawl, the bear crawl. And then, uh, you know, Wolverine, even Marvel Comics has like a backstory for Wolverine where he's just a regular person. He gets captured by the U.S. government. They train him to kill people and then wipe his memory every time that he does. And then he goes back and has no recollection of it and just is back living in general society. And eventually Wolverine escapes from the uh, government control lab, right? And he goes to Canada where he, he unleashes his the toxins or whatever they put in his body as a superhero. But Brian Dawkins took that and like, I read Brian Dawkins' book over the summer and he talks about how it wasn't supposed to be me. That's what he says. I, it was never supposed to be me. I'm not the one who's supposed to play 16 years in the, in, the, in the NFL. Maybe it was 13. I can't remember, but he's not supposed to have a long NFL career. He's not the one who's supposed to uh, you know, be in the Pro Football Hall of Fame. That's Weapon X, but it is him. So uh, I just think that's great. It's a great modern day example. And then here's a throwback for some of you uh, classic people, right? Like even older than Coach Weaver and I, uh, hopefully, I know my dad listens to the podcast. So hopefully uh, this resonates with our older generation coaches. But I, I think about Ted Williams, right? And Teddy Ballgame. And Coach Weaver, I shared this with our team, Ted Williams was the last person in Major League Baseball to hit 400. Coaches, how many times has your wife asked you, why are you getting home so late? I'm guilty of this too, and it's what sparked a conversation and eventually led to a playbook software. For my husband, it was the frustrations of time wasted on the busy work. Copying, pasting, nudging, rearranging plays, and making last-minute changes to the playbook. And that's when it clicked. He made a list of features he wished Visio and PowerPoint had, and then created ProQuickDraw, a plugin specifically for drawing playbooks, making scout cards and presentations in Visio and PowerPoint. Over three quarters of the NFL are using ProQuickDraw, and thousands of colleges and high schools are turning to this platform because it's addressing the problems modern day coaches have. Do me a favor, find us on the web, Pro Quick Draw, book a demo with one of our coaches, and tell them the Culture Classroom podcast sent you, and you'll get 15% off your annual subscription. Now get home to your wife. On the last game of the season, whenever Teddy Ballgame uh, was the one to hit 400, his batting average was .3995, which rounds to 400. So in in uh, Williams' mind, he's below 400. He's going to play a doubleheader that day. And his manager wants him to sit to preserve that record because they know that the law of large numbers, it's going to round up. He's going to be a 400 hitter. Ted goes in and isn't Ted Williams that day. He flips the switch and his Teddy ball game. He goes six for eight and actually finishes with like 406 for the season. It's incredible. And then, of course, 
Yeah, and then of course the example that we use that I know you and I've talked about and it's, it resonates with today's kids so well and that's Kobe Bryant and Black Mamba. Yeah, yeah. It, those four examples, when I shared them with our team, they got it. But the one they, they clearly defined themselves with was Kobe Bryant to Black Mamba. Like, oh yeah, he's, he's not Kobe when he's on the court. He's, he's a different kind of person. And when I showed them these, uh, especially Mike Tyson, they, they thought about some movies that Mike Tyson used to be in. And uh, I shared with them about David Goggins, you know, pitiful mouth, but when he talks, he becomes Goggins, right? He's just Goggins. He takes his last name. That's kind of his alter ego, but he's not the same person. Um, so sharing this with these guys in the week that we had coming up with the number one team in 7A, this was perfect for flip the switch. And how do we go into a hostile environment where there's going to be about 6,000 people at the game, huge stadium, uh, you know, backs against the wall. We can't go and just be, for lack of John White was our quarterback. You can't just go be John White. you got to be somebody else. Our, so our receivers, I let them come up with their alter ego, and then they shared that with me. And once they shared yeah. that with me, kind of a new spin on how we're doing call signs because – they want to change it up. I said, look, I'm going to let you pick it this year, which goes against what we've normally done. But just because you've done that in the past doesn't mean you have to keep doing it. So I let their alter ego kind of be their uh, call sign for this year. And it was pretty fun because they got to think about it. And I said, look, you've been through four weeks. You've earned it. You've earned it. You've earned your call sign. You've earned the wings. Let's go. And uh, one of them was see you later. Another one was the problem. I mean, it's just it's coming around to where they're they're identifying with that, which is pretty cool. Uh, so they got that. So well, I, 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 go ahead. No, I did the same thing. Like uh, I had my I went back and I pulled my running back specifically uh, out of the stack of papers after everyone filled it out. And then in my game day note, you know, our, our running back, um, Blaine, he's number 27. Uh, he he wants to go by the call sign of or the the alter ego of the hammer, right? Mm. And so we run split back veer. I'm sorry if you're going to be a dude in our offense, you got to be a hammer. That's right. Uh, the other person who he shares the backfield with, his name's Ty, and he goes by blank bang bang. So like when he goes when he goes off now at practice or on the sideline, I'm like bang bang, and I'm yelling it, and it's just like this is what these kids want to identify themselves with. Um, I have another running back who's a sophomore and he's just starting to get some varsity minutes, but I think he's got four touchdowns in four games and he, he's not cool when he goes in there, he's strong cool. And it's like just that spin alone gives them the courage, the mentality, the power to flip the switch and be who we need them to be in order to perform. I want to stop you right there. There's two words. I'm going to stop you right there. Two words that I think resonate and any high school football coach or any person listening to this, courage and a mentality are the two huge components that I think of, uh, and you just verbalize them, when dealing with kids. Giving them courage, empowering them, and then having them flip the switch and have a mentality of, hey, I got to be somebody different. Because you always hear it from your coaches when you're in high school, you're not a normal student. Football players are not normal students. And it's because of what they do on a football right. field. and with the physicality that comes with the game, the preparation that comes with the game. I mean, basketball, you're playing probably three games a week. Baseball, you're playing three to four games a week. You have one moment, a Friday night in high school, 
and you prepare for it all week for that one moment, that 48 minutes. Uh, so courage, mentality, and our kids, when, when we were talking about this, and we'll probably get into this a little bit more, is I said, when y'all put on that helmet, when you put on the uniform, like that switch flips and they go, oh yeah, I feel different when I put the helmet on. I feel invincible, I feel this, I feel that. And they understood what flip the switch meant. Yeah, and so as you're listening to these stories, right, to Coach Weaver and I, and I mean, I know we're the experts. I know it's our podcast. Like, we've been talking about this for a long time. There's nothing new about this, right? And you can go and you can read blogs and and whatever. I don't think anyone does it very well yet, but here are the four questions that you can ask your team. And I think there's a flow here. I was strategic in putting these questions together because, one, I only have 10 minutes. So I, we've already talked beyond 10 minutes, right? Mm-hmm. Just about this topic. Right. Um, but I want them to actually have something to translate. And uh, these four questions, I feel like, do the trick. The first one is, I ask my team to describe themselves as a player. What's their persona on the field? Mm-hmm. I mean, and they had a hard time with that. They didn't know what persona was. So then I'm like, well, are you fast? Do you have speed? Do you tackle well? Do you... Uh, do you have the, the ability to break loose? Do you have, are you the commander in the huddle? Are you the one that's going to go pancake eight guys and be looking for more? Are you going to get second and third level? You know, so that, what's your persona on the field? Whatever your persona is, if I'm not fast, it doesn't make any sense for me to call myself like Speedy Gonzalez. Right. Makes no sense, right? Or, or see you later. So <laughs> ultimately, yes, right. Like that doesn't work if you are a possession wide receiver and just catch now screens for three yards. Right, right. <laughs> so so that's the first thing. You have to have your alter ego match the characteristics that you actually bring to the field. The second thing is you have to establish how is that person different than the person that you are the rest of your life. So what I mean by that is for Blaine to say, well, I'm the hammer, Blaine might be one of the nicest kids in our school. Like mm-hmm. he's very mild-mannered, he's well-liked, He's got great home values um, with mom and dad and stepdad, and they kind of all, it all works, right? He is your classic all-American kid. Yes, sir, no, sir, does all of his work. Um, It's hard to be a hammer with that background. Right. So when he puts on his helmet, now it's time to be the hammer. Now I can be the jerk on the field. Now I can be the punishing back that's going to make this whole offense go. Uh, So that's the next thing is like you have to establish that your alter ego is different from every other part of your life. Right. Um, For me, for me, it's it's when I put on the whistle. I know that there are coaches out there that say putting on the whistle is the easiest part of coaching. I actually think the opposite. For me, putting on the whistle is the hardest part of coaching because I can't just be Mr. Tori anymore or I can't be JT. Some of my players like to call me JT. I really don't care. Like, really don't care what they call me and i know that makes me a little bit different anyway and some people might say well there's a bla- a boundary blur there or a lack of respect i don't care but coach tory is different than mr tory is different than jt is different than john tory different than any other part of my personality mm-hmm. so the same thing has to be true for our kids they're them on the field has to be different because high school football is different that's right mine mine you said whistle and mine. that's the person yeah, go ahead. My, mine's about my J's. They were asking me, and I was like, when I put my J's on. And they're like, but you wear them on game days. And I said, I do. I said, but there's a different pair. Um, so funny story while we're doing this, Herbert wore his first pair of J's Friday night. 
I let him wear a pair of mine. And he was like, what does this do? And I was like, I don't know, man. Like, it's just different. I said, the kids respond differently. It's just, I guess, a street cred with them. Like, I don't, I don't know the whole thing. I don't know. But he put them on, and our running back walks by him, and he goes, ooh, look at those. Man, those are hot. You know, those are fire. He kept going on and on, and you could see Herbert's face, like, change. And that's just like a kid putting on yeah. a football helmet. For me, it's putting on my Jays when I go coach a game. Yeah, I, I, that's what we need, right? You need to feel different. Not mm-hmm. only are you different, you need to feel different than yeah. who you do throughout the rest of the day. That's right. And that's the beauty of Clark Kent Superman because all day Clark Kent can sit in his cubicle. Like girls don't notice Clark Kent. His coworkers don't notice him. He blends in at the Daily Planet. But man, and he's wearing a shirt and tie and a briefcase and whatever, nerd glasses, right? Mm-hmm. But then the minute trouble hit, he looks different. He feels different. Everyone notices, oh, man, Superman's here. And no one suspects Clark Kent is Superman, and that's how it all works. Yeah. That's the same thing, um, I think. I and think, that leads us to the I think about Peter Parker. Same thing with Spider-Man. I mean, any of those action heroes, you know, Peter yeah. Parker, whatever. So if, the, yeah. if you're listening, you're not a Superman fan, maybe you're a Spider-Man fan, and it's Peter Parker for you. Who knows? <laughs> Who cares? No. For sure. I mean, all those kind of have that backstory, right? Yeah. Um, and that leads us to question three, which is to give yourself the name, right? Because that's the thing. Not only am I going to recognize that this part of my life is different than any other part of my life, but I'm going to make myself, I'm going to brand myself a Weapon X, right? Or, um, or Black Mamba. Those are brands. Those are brands that still carry a lot of weight today. Uh, and I think about the hammer. That's the brand. That's the style of football we're after with Blaine, mm-hmm. right? Or bang, bang. Ty hits the, the hole at a different pace. Or strong goal. I'm a sophomore getting varsity minutes playing against juniors and seniors. I can't just be Cole anymore. I got to be strong Cole. Yeah. And uh, that naming yourself, that branding, it's that shedding of the skin moment, right? It, it's the, the time when that switches off. And I'm not Cole anymore. I'm strong Cole. You know, I'm not Clark Kent anymore. Now everyone needs to notice me as Superman. Yeah. It's all great stuff. I, I, I really, and I like this one, last one. I like the, the last, last one. Yeah, the last one is what's your phone booth, right? Because I don't have a phone booth. Do kids even know what a phone booth is anymore? You don't even see them on the street. You know, like that's really hard to explain to someone that didn't live in a previous generation. But my message to the team was, I don't care what your phone booth is, but there has to be a definitive flip from when you go from being John Tory to Coach Tory, or when Blaine goes from being Blaine to being the hammer. And I said, this is an inside look at our locker room. Okay, for those of you watching on YouTube or whatever, that's what our locker room looks like. If you wait to make that switch till you're there, it's too late. Mm. Mm. It's got to happen before. It's got to happen before. Once you turn the handle on the locker room door, I got to be in that alter ego. Yeah. Like, Clark Kent doesn't have time to sit there and wonder while everyone's looking at whatever disaster is happening. Clark Kent can't say, oh, man, what's going on? Like, it's too late. He won't save the day. So the switch has to happen before all of that. There's one more part to the uh, to to the Clark Kent Superman, the uh, alter ego, um, and I'll get to that here in a second, but go ahead, Coach. No, I was just saying that the fact that we can take these journals and apply it to our kids and to get feedback instantly. Like, it's not one of those things where you have three days to do this. You have 10 minutes. 
15 minutes tops where you get instant feedback. Minutes. Yeah, and I just think that if you're a coach listening to this and you want to implement something, it's free. You say it all the time. It's free. It doesn't cost you anything. It's not one of these things that you got to go buy a rope or a ladder or Kit Kat bars or paydays. This is all free. Look, and, and our kids crave this. I've been doing Wilt journals with our team on and off sporadically for three years. Uh, I've been doing it longer uh, based off of like just different roles, but it hasn't been consistent. And you and I both know the key to anything is consistency. Mm-hmm. And our kids crave it. Coach Story, we doing a Wilt journal today. Coach Story, what's next? Coach Story, like when do we when do we blah blah blah? And it's like, you know, don't, it doesn't have to be an hour. I don't need to be a presenter for an hour in front of everybody, right? It's just 10 minutes, and it's four simple questions. And the last part to this alter ego, and this comes down to the cycle too, there has to be an off switch. So Clark can't can't stay Superman. He wants to probably, but he can't. It's not sustainable. How many times have we told our athletes to go back and be, you're not strong Cole anymore, just go back to being Cole? I never do that. I don't know if you ever do that, but mm-hmm. I never uh, tell my athletes that it's okay to go back and be a normal person anymore. I I don't. I don't. Um, it's almost like we tell them to be that person forever. Well, as I was reading through this and saw the graphic, if you don't turn it off, you wear yourself out. You just wear yourself out to right. where it, it's not sustainable to – to keep that ego going because it needs to rest in order for it to be effective for the 48 minutes, hour and a half, three hours, whatever you're doing competing. Yes, you're going to need to do it again, right? And, and you don't know when. And for those of you uh, that are watching on YouTube or whatever, here's kind of that cycle. But it's like you see, and I'll coach you through this, and – the link that we share will have all this too, but it's like you turn it on and then that's an attitude. And then the effort that you give as that persona and then your recovery happens when you turn it off. Mm. And so basically, if you look at it from a, from a football standpoint, right? It's like me turning it on is up to me and then warming up or my attitude going into a game that's on the team, that's kind of reflects the team. And then our performance is going to be as a team. And then it's my responsibility to turn it off so that we can recover. Yeah. So I love that from micro to macro to macro to micro. And it's just from me to we and we to me. Yeah. I think, I think the recovery piece is the, the one of the biggest pieces is you got to be able to turn it off and recover in order to do it again. In order to flip that switch, you gotta be able to turn it off. That's just like, and I think about our electric bill. I can't leave the lights on all the time. You gotta turn them off. Uh, I don't want a sky high bill, but the same thing for those kids is, you don't want them to have that high motor all the time. They can't go into math class like they're gonna go play a a football game on Friday night. They can't do that. Uh, So the micro to the macro, back to the micro, uh, it's great stuff. If uh, you want to find a tool to flip the switch with your team, use this Wilt Journal that Coach Tori came up with, and it takes 10 to 15 minutes. Dive into it. If you have questions, you can reach out to Coach Tori uh, on his Twitter, and you can reach out to mine as well. Uh, I'm going to do something else different. Uh, I know John Perry does this on his podcast. 
I'm going to give out my cell phone number. If you want to call, give us a call. 601-218-3943. You can hit me up on my cell phone. I don't care. Uh, if you have questions, um, we're here to help you. And if Coach Tor, you want to give yours out, uh, you can. doesn't matter. Yeah, I'll do the same. I'll do the same just for some accountability, right? 712-229-5158. And um, everything's customizable. So everything I do, like, and I always say this, Coach Weaver, my best work, our best work is ahead of us. Like, it is not behind us. And so take this. It's not perfect. Make it your own. I will share the link. File, make a copy. Put your school colors in it. Put your brand on it, whatever you want to do. But do not reinvent the wheel take what we do because what we what we're doing is effective and um our kids crave it and so i just want to share it yeah well coach story that's going to do it for this episode in the culture classroom thank y'all for coming back and joining us and if you're a new listener we appreciate you tuning in today and if you have any questions hit up coach story hit up me uh, on our cell phones or on our twitter accounts and we will have more info coming to help you build team culture in the culture classroom thanks for listening catch you later